how do we find great people? And once we find them, how do we manage them? And what happens when they get a little bit of out, of out of line? Hold the guys accountable and either have to fire them, terminate them, or have them quit. My number one recommendation is when you bring somebody on, have a list of responsibilities. Have a complete job description. It might be two, three, four pages, line items of what the expectations are. Going, it's Tim Brown, and this is the Plumbing and HVAC Hustle Podcast. And today I have Doug Wyatt of Synergy Learning Systems with me. How are you doing, Doug? Doing very well. Thanks for having me on, Tim. Absolutely. And we are talking about how to hold your techs accountable. Yeah. And um, your employees accountable, really. But I've got a lot of questions for you on this because it is hard. It is hard out here for a business owner and a business leader to actually get accountability and do any kind of discipline at this time yeah. in culture? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about our marketplace today, we're talking about what many are calling a labor shortage. Yeah. And one of the things that people ask me constantly and one of the things I had to deal with when I was on the contractor side on two different occasions is how do we find great people? And once we find them, how do we manage them? And what happens when they get a little bit of out of, out of line because one thing I know that we can't do as contractors is cut our nose off to spite our face, mm. meaning hold the guys accountable and either have to fire them, terminate them, or have them quit. What are we going to do then? So stay tuned. But first, Doug, could you give me a little bit of your background, like the, the one or two minute version yeah. um, so people can actually listen? Well, Tim, this might scare you a little bit, but I'm going to go all the way back to when I was raised. I was raised in a small town community in southwest Missouri. It's called Nixa. Uh, our claim to fame is actually that's where Jason Bourne is from. Really? Yeah. David Webb, I guess, on the, on the movies, but uh, that's fake. It was a small little farming community, and I grew up with three different things that was instilled in me, and that was to live your life with honor, character, and integrity. And so what I like to say is, as I grew up working on tractors and motorcycles and changing out transmissions and helping my dad to build a house, I realized that working with tools wasn't really my passion. I was okay, but I knew that my ticket out of that small town was basketball. I played a couple of years of college ball and I went off to University of Colorado there. I started a door-to-door -door sales company. That was my first step into sales. Uh, then I owned some restaurants and then one day my business partner met a guy that was in HVAC and so I dove headfirst into HVAC. Uh, we grew that business into an Inc. 5000 company in 2009. That led to a training opportunity with a major manufacturer. Uh, myself and this other gentleman trained about 1,000 small business owners, HVAC and plumbing contractors, to scale their business with integrity. Around 7,000 technicians that we worked with. And then I went back on the, on the contractor side after that. I uh, joined a company that was 18 years in business, and uh, within 14 months, we became Lennox Partner of the Year. That was from 2015 to 2016. Uh, got in some cash flow trouble. We were growing so fast that next year. I always like to be very open and authentic. Almost closed the doors in 2017. So we put a halt on growth, and we focused on KPIs. We focused on systems, processes. How do we refine every single thing that we do? And like a phoenix from the ashes, the next year, almost, almost closing our doors the year after we won Linux Partner of the Year, we came back and won Linux Partner of the Year again. Crazy. Uh, yeah. I exited the trades in 2020, built an all-natural sleep aid in Walmart and Walgreens, came back a couple of years ago because I missed the men and women in the blue-collar trades. I missed working with them and helping them achieve everything they want in their life. And so Synergy Learning Systems is a business that's designed to help others get what they want and do it with integrity. 
Okay, so let's get into this topic. We've got holding people accountable in a business. And yeah. so how do you do that? How do you really do that with uh, HVAC techs? And maybe people are thinking about other types of employees as well. Yeah, well, I think the first thing that we need to do, Tim, is I learned this from Dr. Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of those habits is begin with the end in mind, habit two. So before we get into how we hold them accountable, the first thing I can say is how do we bring them aboard? And so one of the things that we did in our interview process is we made that a very specific process on the things that we cover. And one of the things that we would do when we decided that we were going to hire somebody and bring them on as what we would call a team member, many people call those employees, we like to call those team members. So they feel like that we're sitting side by side and that we're in this together. Rather than across the table, we want them to feel like they're truly a part of something. At the end of the interview process, whether that's one time, two times, three times, whatever that might be, one of my strongest recommendations is to invest the time, whatever is necessary, to put together a list of what those expectations are going to be. Mm. The study of the brain and science shares with us that we as humans only retain about 7 to 10% of everything that we see and hear the first time. Which means if we do a one or two or three hour interview or a multi-part interview over two or three days or weeks with a technician, we bring them on board, they're only going to retain 7 to 10% of what we've covered. Mm. So my number one recommendation is when you bring somebody on, have a list of responsibilities. Have a complete job description. It might be two, three, four pages, line items of what the expectations are, all the way down to if you're going to require them to wear a name badge, if you're going to require them to show up on time for a weekly meeting, if you're going to ask them to tuck their shirt in, to wash their van, to inventory, to turn their time cards in time, to respect the dispatch team. All those things, in my estimation, they have to be written, they have to be signed. So begin with the end in mind, we first have to get yeah. clear on what we expect and then have them sign it. So that list comes in handy later? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about that. I would, Tim, I would say more than handy. Yeah. I mean, it is going to be an absolute gold mine. Imagine this, you bring a guy in, and I'm sure that our viewers today, if they're running HVAC and plumbing companies, they can relate to this. They know what they communicated to their technicians, to their office staff when they brought them on, because it's the same every time. And so when those things aren't happening, we start to think, why are they not doing it? I know I communicated this to them, why aren't they doing it? And then we bring that person in and we say, hey, we're not doing this or we're not doing that or your truck wasn't washed. And you know what we often get as contractors? Deer in the headlights. And they go, well, boss, I didn't know. And we're thinking, how do you not know? Now our blood starts to boil, or at least our temperature starts to rise. And now we have some of that conflict with our team. And you know as well as I do, some of us in the trades as contractors, we have tempers. And so do our guys. And so I'm not even in the trades and I have a terrible temper. Oh, I can tell. Yeah. You have a terrible demeanor, Tim. Thanks. What he does is he teaches the most valuable team in your business. He'll just add nothing but profit. There's so much money left in the call center. So much money. If you're not at a 90% booking rate, showing empathy on the phone, smiling on the phone, making sure they're having a better day after they got off the phone with you, then you need to call Power Selling Pros and see Brady. So when the kind of the tempers start flaring or there's there's blood boiling, how how do these standards help you maintain order? Well, first of all, one of the things that I've worked on is seek first to understand, then to be understood. That's habit five and the seven habits. 
And that's one of the things that I think all of us, not just as contractors or technicians, but all of us as human beings, as a human race, one of the things that's really never shared with us as young people coming up through high school or in trade school is how to be an effective listener or how to dissipate a conflictual situation. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I like to do is let's, let's just look at our technicians, no matter how frustrated we are, and try to see them as a human being and say, Tim, tell me what's going on, man. It doesn't seem like you're yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that can really start to lower the temperature, lower our blood from boiling and also theirs. Because when they're acting like that, when they're not tucking their shirt in, when they're not showing up on time, uh, perhaps it's something else that they're frustrated about. Maybe it's their pay, or maybe it's the on-call schedule. And as hard as our men are out there working in the field, or as hard as our teams are working inside the facility, maybe they've got somebody back at home that's not quite on board. Mm. Oftentimes what I've found is that our team is working so hard to be a great provider for whoever their family is back at home, but that person doesn't realize that the reason that they're taking that on-call on the weekend or in the evening and missing those ball games or perhaps being late for a birthday party is because they're out there doing it for the child. And mm. so then they feel underappreciated. And what I've found is many times our technicians just can't win. So the number one thing is first, let's get clear on the expectations. Let's put that in writing. Let's have them sign it. And then once they've signed it, when we see things starting to go wrong, let's be a little bit more curious than we are judgmental. Mm. Curiosity over judgment. And so when I have a technician that's kind of acting up or not doing the thing that I know we agreed, I first have to look inward, take complete responsibility and say, am I doing everything for this person that I promised from the first day they started? Because they signed an agreement, but I also made a lot of commitments to that individual as well. So first we've got to look inward. And then after we look inward, if we're absolutely certain that we're doing and we're fulfilling our commitments that we've made, now my first thing before I just come in and start you know, hammering this person, whether it's in my call center, my install team, my service techs, my comfort advisors, first thing I have to do is figure out what's going on. There's usually something underlying. There's like this current underneath the surface that I found because we're all human and we've they, all got they so quit many smoking challenges. recently. <laughs> yeah, could have been quit smoking. Maybe they're just getting the pressure to yeah. quit smoking and they're stressed about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a great example. So obviously, I think if somebody looks at the title of this podcast, they're thinking of themselves punishments. Mm. So yeah. talk to me about if they're not living up. You, let's say you've tested mm. all this. You were curious. Okay. You've had a few weeks where you've been so reasonable. So reasonable. I like the way you put that. I yeah. would call that a wordsmith. Yeah. We're, we've been reasonable. Yeah, we've yeah. been so reasonable so here. Reasonable. Yeah. And they're still not living up to what you had agreed to originally. So how do you deal with that? Do you think in punishments? Do you think in performance improvement plans? It's almost like a swear word. Pips. Yeah. Or what do you think of as like the real next step here? We're gonna we're gonna carry a punishment stick. We're gonna we're gonna take it out. We're gonna come on. The, the, the challenge, you got me excited the challenge with something like this is that through the magic of video editing, you could actually just put that out there as yeah. a reel and I would just look horrible. <laughs> you know as well as I do, and I think that's the way, the reason you were smiling when you said it. Of course, any great leader, any great leadership team is not going to focus on punishments. We're mm -hmm. going to focus on the resources that we can apply in order to get the results, right? Yeah. It's always about our return, right? And part of that return is what is the vision that this person has for themselves, for their own career, for their family? It's okay. almost like almost at this point in the game, and as an employer, we don't actually have punishments in our bag. 
That's not a real like tool. Well, point. that's how it feels to me at least. It's it's almost like the tables have turned in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many fewer people coming into the workplace, going to trade school that are highly skilled, highly motivated, driven. Our culture is changing, right? The mm -hmm. young people coming out of school, they want to work less and they want more, mm -hmm. right? And so what we know as contractors is we need more out of them, right? But you can't withhold rewards. No, we've got to figure out both. Oh, so yeah. performance-based compensation, I'm a big believer in. I know that's not what this podcast mm -hmm. is about. But let's just say that we have now said, we've honestly looked at ourselves and our organization. Are we doing what we promised the day we brought them on board? Mm. Now, none of us are perfect, so we're always going to make mistakes. And I think the first thing that we would want to do, we're having a challenge with a technician and we're asking them, what's the challenge? What's going on? We would also want to admit that we're not perfect. Mm. And we can say, I'm willing to work on myself. I'm not perfect. So I'm going to admit some responsibility in whatever the challenge is, okay? Just because a guy's not tucking his shirt in, I don't want to act like I'm not responsible for anything in my company, right? One of the things that I've always heard from the best leaders I've been around is that if you cannot find your responsibility in the situation, then you're a victim. And I don't think any of us want to be a victim, so we have to say, I got to work to find my responsibility in it, okay? Once we've done that, did you have a question? Yes, I did. Okay. Because I have ADHD. And I will just keep talking. And my question is, <laughs> you dress much better than me. Can you give the, this is just a, a, a little break for fun. Okay. How can we dress better like you, bro? Do you have a tailor? Um, I will say a little. Here's what I will say. <laughs> my real answer to that is, this is the way I dress because this is my brand. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I feel like if I'm working... I'm representing my brand. My yeah. team does the same thing. When I, and I'm on the training side now. But, but it I'm, does make me think like, this guy's got it together. Well, thank you. But I, I just basically want to dress a little bit more like you. Well, and I want to take a small step. How would I do that? All right. Well, number one, here's, you have to make a decision, right? Yeah. Uh, and here's what I'll go back to. The second company that I joined as a co-owner, the two gentlemen that I partnered with and been in business those 18 years, yeah. neither one of them owned a sport coat. Now, I'm not saying that the business owners out there need to start dressing like this, but what I would say is, I do know that there are audience members on your podcast, they're gonna make fun of the way I look and they're gonna think they can't relate to me. But what not I would- openly. Well, not that's openly. the judgment In versus head, curiosity. A little. I can promise you this, if they got to know me, they would realize that just like I expected my yeah. installers and my technicians to wear their uniform and represent our brand at our contracting mm. business, I expect myself and our team on the training side to represent our brand. This is a brand. This is a uniform. It looks good, though. Thank you. It looks good. I so was first, make like, a decision. Yeah, invest in yourself. Invest. Where do you shop? Sorry, this is my last question on this. Where do you shop? Like, oh, where? I can't. I can't reveal all of that. Come stuff. on, reveal the secrets. Listen, here's what I'll say. I'm not going to say where I shop today, but when I was getting started and I wanted to start getting some nice things, Joseph A. Bank. Just Joseph A. Bank, you can go in there, find their half yearly sales. If you don't have any sport coats, go in there, 500 bucks, you can get like two or three sport coats. Really nice stuff mm. if you don't have that. All right. So anyway, now, thanks for asking that. Yeah. I appreciate you recognize that. All I will say is I dress this way in my contracting business every day. And I will just say to the viewers, while I do have some knowledge, I've been in the trades for 18 years. My service manager one day, his name's Chris McCollum. He's now our chief operating officer at Synergy Learning Systems. Mm -hmm. Chris one day said, you know what you are? We were in the middle of a meeting and I was spitting some game on some of the technical terms that I've learned over the years, mm -hmm. almost two decades. And he goes, you know what you are, Doug? You are strategically incompetent. 
<laughs> and it's one of the nicest compliments I've ever received. What Chris right. was saying was, and all my technicians made fun of me. They said, you know what, Doug? The only tools you have have one logo, Play School. But what I did is I own that because I want every man and woman watching this podcast to know, Tim, I don't know how to wire up a furnace. I don't know how to solve an air conditioning problem. Yeah. I don't know how to solder. I'm strategically incompetent. And you know what advantage that's given me over most people huh. in the ownership, leadership positions? There's never been one freezing cold day in Denver. There's never been one burning hot day where my team was frustrated that I wasn't out there side by side with them, fixing air conditioners and starting up furnaces. And so it made me focus on a couple of things. One, how do I scale my business with integrity? What training am I delivering to my team? How am I branding my business? How am I generating leads? How are we making the phone ring? But it never once was, I gotta jump out there and run that call. And what that all culminates into is that every day I knew I had to have the true professionals that could go out and do the heavy lifting mm. in the attics and the crawl spaces and the mechanical rooms. I needed those men and I needed the best. So every day I knew without them, I don't have a business because I can't run those calls. And it forced me to focus on always training. So I had to recruit, I had to hire, I had to train, I had to onboard, and then I had to retain. And this yeah. is where I'm gonna get into the yeah. retainment here in just a moment. Before we get into that, I wanna say, I do understand what you're saying because yeah, I have three parts of my business, SEO, PPC, websites. Yeah. And the SEO and the websites thing, I've done them myself. So I always like, every once in a while, I'm like peeking over, I'm like, I can just do that. And like, it's, it's a distraction a yes. little bit. Because yeah. I could just go do the work versus the PPC side runs smoother almost because I'm not looking over their shoulders constantly trying to pretend that I could do their job better than them, which I do think is certain it, it could be a major advantage. I have a couple of segments here that I want to get into. One, Can I show you yeah, one thing? Yeah. You know what one more thing down that, that path is? You know how to solve the problem with that. Not only are you inclined to go over there and do it for them, you also can be the person they ask the question to. Mm -hmm. I never once had the uh, privilege, I'll call it, or the challenge of taking phone call after phone call from my men in the field, they never called me. I had to recruit, I had to price my jobs in a certain way so that I could hire an install manager, mm. so that I could hire a service manager, so that those calls went to the service manager, to the install manager. I didn't have to be, I'm gonna call it, distracted mm. and get away from what I should have been working on. The big rocks in my business were the marketing, the recruitment, the sales, the training. I never, not only did I have to run the calls, the men in the field running the calls didn't call me. They had to call the service manager, the service manager, the install manager, because I couldn't answer it. Mm. Strategically incompetent. I call it tactically incompetent. I like that too. Maybe because that's even better. Strategy is the broader business problem. I'm tactically, strategically, totally incompetent. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my segment. Um, it's called hot takes and cold trends. Hot take. Okay. What's something that's controversial? To I, that was almost a hot take um, that you just did. Maybe, maybe that counts, but hot take, something that you think is very controversial in the HVAC and plumbing industry, industries, um, but you really believe. And then the other one is cold trends. What's something people are spending time, money, or energy on that they should stop doing? Okay. Um, and just to qualify if we're on time, I still need to actually share how we come in and get oh, that yes. person we're, back we're on back. track. We're, we're back. back. We're back. We're right after these segments, we will uh, round out our keeping your okay. uh, text accountable. Well, first of all, the hot takes. I'm going to say, can you ask me that question? Because I think I've got it. You're looking for a hot take yes, of what something is that's contra that you think is a very controversial. controversial when you say it, but you know 
you, or you believe that it's very true in this industry? I'm going to go back to what I just said. Yeah. I have so many people in the industry before they get to know me or learn a little bit about what I've been able to do in the trades that are really, really, uh, I'm going to say disrespectful or uh, they think that maybe it's disingenuous of me to not know how to install a furnace, yeah. to not know how to fix an air conditioner, yet to be able to say, here's how you could scale your business with integrity mm. because I don't know those things. And so one of the things that I think is controversial in our industry is right now there's so much private equity coming into our business. There's so many executives, people that don't know our industry. I would also say that's not me. I mean, yeah. I've been in the trades 18 years and yeah. have grown multiple companies, won some awards, but I think it's controversial the fact that I don't know. I look yeah. at that as it's one of my biggest allies yeah. to not have to go out and do the work or take the questions from those guys and focus on all the other parts of the business. How about cold trends then? Um, what's something that you think people are spending time, money, or energy on that they should stop doing? Okay, I would say that they need to stop doing is one, a limiting belief, the limiting belief that we're in a labor shortage. Okay. We're not in a labor shortage. We're in a leadership shortage because the best companies with the best leadership that are marketing themselves the best, that are providing the best pay structures, have no problem finding people. In fact, what I will say on this is as I've traveled the country over the last decade and a half working with contractors, do you know who's doing the most business with the most technicians, the most trucks in every major city in North America? Do you know who the companies are that do millions and millions and millions? There's three, let's say that in a metropolitan area, there's 5,000 licensed HVAC contractors, another 5,000 plumbing contractors. Most of those companies are picking up the scraps from the big companies, and the big companies are by far the highest priced because they have to create margin, and they're creating pay plans that are rewarding those men and women. They're also providing health insurance and 401k plans. And so one of the things that I think that is a misnomer and is perhaps the worst thing that we could do is buy into the limiting belief that there's not labor. The labor that we're after just happens to be working for a company that perhaps has a better culture than us, has more leads than us, or maybe has a better pay structure than us, or maybe has a training program that makes those people feel like they're really part of something and they're helping them advance in their career. And I've got, I've got another quick segment okay. for you. It's called, uh, There's Money in the Phones by Power Selling Pros. Okay. What's a system for getting more out of your call intake um, part of your business? Well, number one, you know, I, I also have a call center program. Brigham Dickinson sets the bar incredibly high at Power Selling Pros. Uh, he really is the thing when it comes to call center training. I think the number one thing is we have to show love and care to the person calling in. I listen to so many calls, thousands upon thousands of calls, where we don't actually take an interest in the person calling. The people in our phones, on our call centers, are not trained to be empathic listeners and communicators. So a lot of times what happens, the number one thing that I see call after call after call lost is when people call in and say, I'm just calling up to find out how much a water heater costs. I just want to know how much a furnace is. Guess what? If somebody calls up, the more information that they have, you know what we know? We know that they just had a technician out that didn't earn the trust and didn't get the job. If a person calls up and has a model number and says, I have a capacitor that's gone bad on my 13 sear air conditioner, what do we know? We know there was another technician there that just gave that person a diagnostic and a price that that homeowner didn't trust and that person just left, they started Googling, now they're calling us, asking us for a price. 
I would say, and I'm not saying to just start giving pricing out all willy-nilly, but I am saying I hear thousands upon thousands of calls lost, and we have worked our ass off to get that phone to ring. I mean, think about it. We went and leased a space. We bought vans. We have payments and insurance and health insurance and uniforms. We buy the coffee. We do the training. We go to all these conferences. You buy the ads. You do the SEO. We buy our ads. We do the SEO. We wrap the trucks. We do all this stuff. We're working our ass off. And then finally, finally the phone rings with somebody that says, I have Googled you. I have found you. I have read your five-star reviews. I just want to know how much it's going to cost. Give me a ballpark. And we say, I'm sorry, I'd have to send a technician out. Mm -hmm. Now we also do that, but we build value and we ask for the order again. And then the customer sometimes will go ahead and schedule. Other times they say, well, I still want to know this. I come back a second time and share some more information, try to build value and schedule a third time. I do have a way to not lose that call because imagine doing all that work, having the perfect customer that's Googled you, found you through all the SEO and all the ads, read your reviews, wants to use you. Can I share a quick example? Yes. Imagine that you're a guy that loves oysters, okay? And you have Googled and found the best oyster place in the city. You're in New York City. And because of the reviews, you show up at this oyster bar and you and your spouse, significant other, are there and the, the waiter comes over and you say, I'm new here. I'd like to perhaps order the oysters. And the waiter says, oh, we have the best in town, three different kinds, boom, boom, boom. And you see on the menu, it's market price. So you ask the waiter, how much are the oysters? And the waiter says this, Tim, well, I, I don't know, I can't tell you. Uh, you'll have to order them first. And once they're out here, I can, and you've eaten them, I'll tell you how much they are. You say- I'll get only two. I'm not <laughs> gonna, I'm, no, you probably wouldn't order them. You know, what, you know what I would do? Yeah. Now I already know I want the oysters. I just want a ballpark. So I say, well, give me the manager. Can you get the manager? I'd like to know. Uh, okay, sir, but the manager's not going to be able to tell you mm -hmm. until they bring them out. Well, let me talk to the manager. Yeah. Manager comes over a few minutes later. I say, I'd like to get a dozen of each of your three oysters. How much are they? And the manager says, I don't know. Yeah, it's I can't tell you that until you order them and they're on the table. Yeah, and so then I say, is the owner here? Yeah. I say, yes, sir, he's here. And I say, I'd like to speak to the owner. And you now go up the chain to the owner, the owner of this fine dining restaurant with the best oysters in New York City comes out and you ask the owner how much and the owner says, I'm sorry, sir. I won't be able to tell you that information until the oysters are on the table and you've tried them. Hmm. How many of us would get really frustrated and walk out? Yeah, Yet we are losing thousands of calls, even in smaller contracting businesses that I listen to that we've marketed and worked so hard for that moment and then we're not prepared to handle that call. We've got to find a way to handle those calls and stop losing all of the leads that we've generated. 100%. And at the same time, still retaining our employees. Yeah. And, and I want to get back into that piece. Okay. So we're talking about By the holding... way, I apologize. I'm going to get a little bit no, hyper. No, no, I'm very passionate perfect. about this I'm stuff. just going to joke every once in a while. I just want to okay. bring it in here. I want to bring it in. All right. So intimate chat with these guys. I want to help them retain people while okay. holding them accountable. And that's the real question because sometimes I've tried to hold people accountable and guess what? People shimmy their way out of those jobs sometimes. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ratchet it down here for a minute, Tim, because this gets very serious. We have to take a personal interest in our team. I knew the names and we, we got to be a pretty big team. I knew the names of the wives. We did things where we would invite people to the night at the ballpark and go to the Rockies game. We would do our Christmas party. You know, we would do that at the comedy club, at the comedy works. We would send the employee of the year to an all expense paid trip to Mexico. 
limo service, airline, resort, all you can eat, all you can drink for a week with the spouse, the significant other. So we're doing those kinds of things for our team. We have to, and that's why I say we gotta take responsibility first. Are we providing the kind of work environment we'd want? But then let's say that we have somebody that's kind of stepping out of line. Something's wrong. I wanna take a personal interest in that person. I'm gonna schedule a time. I am not going to call this person up. I am not gonna do it by phone. I am not gonna do it by text. I'm not gonna do it by email. Any time that I believe we're gonna talk about a man or woman's compensation and perhaps their career opportunity, we need to do this in person. We need to do it face to face. That's my belief. How far up do you have to, because I'm not gonna lie, 28 people. Yep. Last week it was 29. Okay. So I don't, I'm getting really sick of, I don't like those conversations, letting people go. If you've got a challenge with all 28, there's a different challenge in your organization. No, no, I'm saying the one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm more saying, like, does it have to be the owner letting people go? In my organization, I wanted it to be me because I didn't ever want to pass the buck. You're a the... better man than me, brother. Well, here's what I will say, Tim, and you're a good guy, but I don't ever want to pass the book. I'm sorry, to pass the buck on the most difficult challenge that we have in our entire organization. Yeah. In my estimation, the worst day of our lives is the days that we have to tell somebody that you no longer have a way to put food on the table for your child mm. or for your spouse. Because the men and women that work for us are the kind of men and women that really take a lot of pride okay. in being providers. So, okay. so how do I, so how do I here's not how, have to have those conversations then? Well, <laughs> here's the way that I do it. There's this, this very simple idea in the world of management and leadership and it's called the sandwich, okay? And so imagine this, if somebody's working for you, I sure hope that we can identify two or three things that we really like about that person, mm -hmm. okay? That's gonna be the first piece of the sandwich. Mm -hmm. That's this side of the bread, okay? Then in the middle of the sandwich is the meat, okay? So the meat is the challenge that we have to address. Maybe it's one, maybe it's three, whatever that is, we have to walk into this meeting prepared to really talk about the meat, but before we talk about the meat, we're gonna talk about what we love and what this person's doing well. Mm -hmm. If they're not doing anything well, probably shouldn't be there. The back end of the sandwich, as we send them on their way, is we wish them well. The other side of the sandwich is something else positive where we tell them, we really want this to work out. We want you to be a part of this long-term, okay? So here's what I would do. I would schedule a time first and foremost for us to meet when we have plenty of time, at least 60 to 90 minutes, maybe two hours, okay? Because this is going to be the last time that we ever have this conversation. I promise you, you, you don't have to keep doing this over and over, okay? So here's what I do. I make sure that I'm ultimately prepared. I never just pull somebody in. I schedule a time where I have an hour and a half to two. I bring them in and I say, hey, Tim, we've had some challenges here. Uh, you probably know what this meeting's about. I just wanna let you know, nobody's losing their job today. That is not the intent of this meeting. So just, if you would, relax a little bit. I wanna figure some things out, okay? So now I've set that upfront agreement, okay? I wanna let the kind of the temperature lower, and then I would say, Tim, you're an amazing person. And then I'm gonna identify a couple of things that are unique to you. Tim, you know, when you started with our company, you shared with me how much you loved Becky and your kids and how you wanted to provide a life for them. And you chose us because of the way that we serve homeowners here in this community. And when you joined us, you know, your beard always looked intentional. We don't expect clean shaven, but we do expect it to look intentional. You always smelled nice. Your shirt was tucked in. You wore your name badge. You were always in clean clothes. We launder uniforms for you. And so, Tim, there's a couple of things that you probably know that I'm concerned about. Last week, you walked into the meeting 30 minutes late. You're an amazing person, but there's a couple of things that we've got to get on the same page about. Fair enough? Absolutely. 
Now, Tim, before I go into that in any more depth, I'd like to ask you if there's anything that you feel like I've not been doing to keep my commitments to you from the day that we hired you. No, I feel like you guys kept them. So you feel like that we've been providing the training each week at the company-wide meetings and the individual departmental trainings? Yes, there's just a lot of things to remember. Yeah, and you feel like that we've been able to send you down to Johnstone at any time that you've wanted to sign up for those classes. We've helped you for your Nate certification. We launder your uniforms. Your check is always cashed. Yes, sir. Yes, You're in a newer model vehicle, always yes. fully inventoried. Yes, sir. You can always get a hold of our service manager. We don't put you on on-call any more than what we promised. Occasionally, you've stepped in, and your teammates have stepped in for you occasionally. Well, the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and if there is one, now I get to uncover that, because maybe that's what you're upset about. The last about. couple of weeks, actually, my manager has been... Um... <laughs> We've had to do some Saturday stuff, and I kind—I had talked to him about a month ago, and he said, I can't do that anymore, just based on where our kid is at. Okay. So, I mean, I, that has been frustrating. So there's been some conflict with you and Chris, the service manager? Yeah. Okay. Well, before we walk out of here today, I'm going to give you my word, Tim, that we're going to work on that as well. Okay. Okay? And if you and I and Chris need to get together in a room here in the next week to figure yeah. out if there's and any And I other... love Chris. It's just yeah. Saturdays, to me, I like at this point, I feel like I've worked hard enough to get those off now. Yeah. Well, you remember as we started, we'll talk a little bit about the agreements that we made when we started and then on-call is part of the responsibility. But we'll talk about yeah. that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, remember, I got 90 minutes. We're trying to do this in like three minutes. Yes. So let's just talk about let's that. Let's pretend I didn't say that then if that's okay, part of But yeah. listen, role play is role play, yeah. and those are real life things. So I don't yeah. mind it at all. I'm just saying. It's just Chris told me. You know what I mean? Sometimes maybe okay. the manager said something that conflicts with what you said, potentially. It's okay. Like, can't and, and this would be a great idea to have your service manager in a correctional type meeting, yeah. a disciplinary meeting with a service tech. Yeah. Your office manager would be a great person to have side by side with you in a meeting with a CSR. Yeah. Right? Your install manager with your installers. Okay. <laughs> All right, Excuse me. so now here's the idea. As we go into this, Tim, I'm going to then, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to say, okay, and we're going to work on the on-call thing. But now I'm going to say, you know, last week you walked into the company-wide meeting 30 minutes late. Mm -hmm. Tim, do you remember when I hired you six months ago, how important I communicated to you, timeliness, being on time, being a person that keeps our word, how important that was? Yes. So can you share with me, now that it seems like it's recurring, it's happened not just last week, but a couple times in the last month. Can you share with me what we can do or anything that I can do to help you be sure that you're on time mm. and make sure that our entire company is not waiting for you to arrive? No, I can do that. You can do that? I can do that. So Tim, man to man, eye to eye, you're willing to commit to me that you are going to get up earlier, whatever it takes to be here on time so that our entire team isn't waiting. And you remember when I hired you, I said, one of my number one things is to be on time because when we're not on time, we're communicating that we are more important than everybody else on the team because everybody else got up early enough to be there on time. You remember that? Yes, sir. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you are saying that you will solve that and there's nothing I else I yeah. need to do. I will solve that. Now, the other thing is we have a brand to represent. Our brand is everything to us. Yeah. We ride for the brand. We have people that show up and this is the way that we make our money. This is the way that we go to market. This is how we serve our customers. And I've noticed that even though we're paying for all of your uniforms, sometimes you don't have your uniform on. Sometimes it's not tucked in. You haven't been wearing your name badge. Hmm. Tell me what I can do to help you solve that challenge. Hmm. Is there anything I can do or? Can I like I the way you're positioning this with like, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you get this down? 
I have to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I always want to say, what can I do to help? Rather than you, you, you. Yeah. When I go into second person language, second person sentence structure, those statements sound like you're going to do this, you're going to wear your uniform, and when we do that, our people shut down. Yeah. Second person language structure is what I like to call critical parent mode or mother-in-law mode. Yeah. And how many of us like to listen to our mother-in-law when she says, you should, you should take Jenny out to dinner more. Yeah. When she says that, Jenny ain't going out to dinner anymore at all. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, when we say, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, our texts don't listen. So I want yeah. to join them on that side and say, what can I do mm. to help? It's kind have, of a risk in a way. And I think it, it almost requ it requires humility. It does. And it requires authenticity and it requires love and care for your team to see them as a true human being to say, what can I do to help? I'm not enabling them. I'm not going to be a doormat. I'm not going to let these guys walk on me. And here's how. Whatever the challenges were, now we're into the meat. And then I'm going to say, I've prepared a document. You knew this was coming. I, over, I did this in the interview or uh, I shared with you where we got a new way we're going to be doing these things. Here's a document. Tim, I want to go through this step by step. Here we're talking about you have committed to be on time. In mm -hmm. fact, you're going to be work, working to be here at 6.15 for a 6.30 a.m. meeting on Wednesday mornings. Uh, if you could, go ahead and initial that. Now, the next one says that you have agreed to not only wear your uniform every day that you're working with so the company. So they're initialing all of these agreements. Every single one. one. Okay. Okay. All right. And then the last one I'm going to say, and you're going to tuck your shirt in. Not only are you going to wear your uniform, you're going to tuck your shirt in. Mm -hmm. And the last one's really big, Tim. I got word from the facility, we don't need to name names, that you were really disrespectful last weekend when you were on call to one of the dispatchers. Now, we could probably do a process of elimination. You know who this was, but you also, are you willing to take responsibility and say that maybe you could have handled it better? I think I would probably, if I was them, I'd probably give a little bit of an explanation there. But sure, yeah. and I'm willing to listen. And then I'm gonna say, but guess what, by the way, you know it was Betty. And Betty has also said that she could have handled that situation better and that she's going to work to be better on okay. her end. Yeah, that, as long as I know that. When you hung up on her, did you feel like that was the right thing to do? Yeah, I definitely wish I would have behaved a little differently there. Yeah, and Betty said the same thing. Yeah. So she's willing to apologize and say, let bygones be bygones. Yeah. But from our end, Tim, from the day you were hired, I'm sure that you remember that yeah. I said we will not disrespect people in the office that are scheduling our calls. Do you remember that? Yes. So can we agree to get back to that where you're going to do your absolute level best not to disrespect the people in the facility? Yes, sir. So if you could go ahead and go ahead and initial that for me. Now, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and sign this. I'm going to have you sign it. And then here at the bottom, you can see that there's a date. We're going to go ahead. Today is, let's just call this November 2nd. This date is December 2nd. You and I are going to schedule right now. We're going to put it in the software. We're going to schedule a time on December 2nd at 6 a.m. to get back together. And we're going to review this very list that you and I how, are signing how long today. Do you 30 days. 30 days, okay. Now, I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I am not going to lock the door on you next Wednesday morning. If you're a little bit late, I have done what I call we've created cognitive dissonance. You said you were going to do something through the principle of persuasion of consistency. We want to be consistent. Public declarations dictate future action. You're now reading it. You're saying out loud. I'm having you repeat it to me. This is going to solve most of your challenges. And guess what, Tim, and for everybody listening, if it doesn't, it's time to make a serious decision and probably means that this person is not a good fit. If you show love and care, if you take and invest the time with human beings to learn what you can do to help in these situations, invest 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120, maybe invite them over to dinner. If this person is having a challenge, I would very, very quickly have them out to dinner and break bread with them once again. 
You know, a lot of times we do that with our new team members and we don't do that with somebody that's invested five or 10 years of their career with us. So if you're having challenges with the people not getting on board with your brand, with your identity, with your culture, go break bread with them, try to figure it out, take an interest in them and their life and their kids and then their wife. So then here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna sign that document. I'm gonna put it on the calendar at that moment. I'm gonna get your verbal commitment that yes, you will be there, that we can do it. And then I'm going to get back there come hell or high water on December 2nd and we're gonna review that. If you are not doing those things, then I share with them in that meeting. Now, Tim, if we get back together on December 2nd and you have communicated to me in the next 30 days that you are not willing to work with our company and be a great team member to me and the rest of everyone that's working so hard here, you are communicating to me that you will be putting in your resignation on mm. December 2nd. Is that fair? Yes. And Tim, now here comes the other end of my sandwich. That was the real meat. Yeah. I have to have that direct conversation. Tim, I don't want that to be the case. Mm -hmm. You and Jenny are amazing people. The kids, the sports, all of that stuff, the nights at the ballpark, the comedy clubs, all those things that we're doing, Tim, we want you to be a part of this for the long haul. We want you to be a part of this family. But if you're not willing to tuck in your shirt, if you're not willing to show up on time, and you're not willing to respect the people in the office, then what you're communicating to me is, this is not the right place for you. And Tim, here's the thing. It does not mean that you're a bad person. It means that you're a bad fit for me and our company and our team and our culture. Mm -hmm. So Tim, I really hope it works out. I've got this document. We're gonna meet on December 2nd. It doesn't mean that if somehow, some way, you walk into the meeting a little bit late that you're fired. 30 days to create new habits, Tim, but we're gonna be watching mm -hmm. and we're gonna be documenting. And when we walk back in on December 2nd, you will have either communicated to me that you're totally on board and you want to be a part of this or that you don't. Yeah. Is that fair? That's very good. I like it. I appreciate that you did a role play with me. I feel like I always learn things way better that way. Mm. I'm already thinking about ways to implement this in my business. Certainly we cannot comprehensively cover this entire topic mm. it's a, in, it's a, a, big in one. a less than hour podcast. And I want to yeah. make sure that you guys know about your company. Yeah. So could, could you give the, the, um, the web address that they can go yeah. to and how they could get started with you guys if they want to do Yeah, more. thanks for sharing that. I mean, you know, one of the things that when we got into the training business, we're training on what we've learned in the trades. I've had an HVAC and plumbing company, and then I had another HVAC company. Uh, Synergy Learning Systems, and it's .net. It's not .com. The company that has Synergy Learning Systems with the .com has been around for 21 years, and they won't sell it to me. So we're thinking about ways that we can take it. I'm just, they're going to keep it. SynergyLearningSystems.net. We would never say that we're better than the other trainers. I mean, there's some incredible trainers out there. The one thing I would say is if you don't have a coach, even Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, all of those people had a coach, find a coach, find somebody to help hold you accountable, and work on these things consistently. At Synergy Learning Systems, we do three-day events. We do four customized events, CSR, tech, sales, and leadership training based on the seven habits. I'm a certified instructor, have been for over a decade. What we've been working on for the past two years behind the scenes is creating the most robust and comprehensive virtual learning system in the trades that I truly believe has ever been created. Now that's for everybody here to decide for themselves. We've invested two years, a master of videography, full green screen studio, uh, shooting in the beautiful outdoors of the Your Rocky energy. Mountains. My energy and, and, that, and humor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we make your team laugh, we get them engaged. We have 11 video editors around the world. Thousands of fully produced videos, seven to 12 minutes in length, manageable chunks. It's like choose your adventure, right? A little bit. Yes, I'm Which glad you said cool. that. 
So let's say that it's a 12 minute video at about the six minute mark so that we don't bore people with those CE courses known as continuing education where one of your techs could click the button and get up and go help the wife make dinner or play with the kids or watch the football game. You can't do any of that. We've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars on the back end of our website to track every click. And so here's what we do. Every one of those thousands of videos, when you get to a certain point, we ask them one of those choose your own adventure questions. And so let's just say that if somebody invested in one of our virtual programs on the very first video, it might ask your technician, your owner's invested here in this program to help you with your personal development and your career growth. How do you feel about being here? Well, then he's got four boxes that come up on the screen that he's got to click. One answer might be, I'm excited. This is what I've been waiting for. Another one might be, I'm keeping an open mind. Another one might be, just shoot me now. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever that technician clicks, as soon as they click it, they're going to get a customized video based on their response. What mm. that's going to do, Tim, is increase engagement because now they feel like we're talking to them. We shoot four individual videos and no matter what they click, they get a custom video. Mm. It's also tracked. And here's the key in the tracking at the end of the video. Okay. They're going to be tasked to finish a quiz. You're going to know every click, every answer. You're going to know if your team's taking it serious. And when you get down to the end, if they don't pass the quiz, they got to go do the video again. They can't fast forward it. Now they really have to pay attention, pass the quiz. And at the end of the week, or you can log into the back end of the system anytime, you're going to know to the second, how much training has your team done? How serious have they taken the training? What's their scoring been? We're creating leaderboards. You're going to be able to compare yourself against everybody else. We have an entire onboarding process for this. Thousands of videos, fully produced, entertaining, engaging, customized for HVAC and plumbing companies. That's a lot of work that you guys did on this. Incredible years, amount. years. And here's the thing. We're all tracking KPIs. At least I hope we're tracking average tickets. We're talking, we're, we're tracking our, our P and L's and our costs of goods sold. We're talking about how is our acquisition costs and our marketing spend and all that. For the first time, what we've been working to create based on my experience in the trades is we're creating KPIs on the personal development of your team. There's other video programs out there that are teaching the technical side, and there's all kinds of programs for financial management and KPIs. For the first time, we've created a program that the business owners and the leaders in the organization can track the KPIs on personal growth. Who's really taking this serious and who's not? Who's passing mm -hmm. the quizzes? What are they, what are they clicking on in the interactivities? I think our goal is to leave a legacy and change the trades for the better to raise the level, which goes back to this. I dress like this because I would share with my men. This is my uniform. I would never expect them to wear a sport coat into a service call or a sales lead or an install. But as a leader in my organization, this was my brand, but with them in the field, the truck better be clean. The inventory better be done. Take you know, responsibility for what we're providing. We're going to do everything we've said. And then we want you to go out there and communicate with gratitude and servitude to our customers. I think we have a right to expect that we've got a lot of money at stake. We've got, a, we got lives at line, on the line. And so uh, I think brand uniforms, we, we should be able to expect our men to represent our brand the way that we've envisioned it when they're out in our vans. Awesome, man. Well, say the domain one more time. Yeah, thank you. SynergyLearningSystems.net. All right, go check it out, everyone. Um, and what is the intro offer? Is there like a, is there any kind of like... In, in fact, yeah, I won't get into all the pricing here right now, but what I will say is I'm never a person that believes in discounts. I believe we should set our value and then it's our responsibility to communicate our value. Um, on our live events, if you want to come to one of our live events, it's $2,500 per participant, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, we have those around the country 
And uh, you can come to those. And here's my promise to anybody that comes to a three-day full immersion live event. If you come to the event, I have two requirements. Number one, the business owner must attend. I will not accept your money. I will not work with your techs or your CFR, CSRs if the business owner is not willing to attend because I know we're not going to get implementation. Okay. So number one, the business owner has to attend. If the business owner is there, then they have an unconditional money back guarantee as long as they do one thing, bell to bell. If they experience three days with us and at the end they don't think it's the best money they've ever spent on training, we will not only refund them the $2,500. I will personally give them back $500 for their airline per participant and $500 for their hotel. So on any $2,500 seat at a live event, you'll get $3,500 back. Now we've never had anybody ask for their money back yet, but at some point we will. Yeah. Can't be all things to all that's people. A, that's a pretty cool guarantee. I like it. We're going to work our ass off yeah. to make sure that nobody wants their money back. We're going to give it all. We're going to leave it on the floor as they, as they say. Now on the virtual training, much less. It's more economical to get started. No airlines, no hotels, no time out of the office, no time out of the field. You can do that in small manageable chunks, seven to 12 minutes at a time. That is a very, very low weekly investment. That is a much more economical solution to get started on the virtual. No time out of the field for your guys, no time out of the facility for your team in the office. That is a much more manageable chunk where you can train seven to 12 minutes at a time, fully interactive, have all those KPIs we were talking about, and it's a very, very economical solution on a weekly investment. And by the way, there's a four-week test drive where at the end of the four weeks, I got a guarantee there too. At the end of the four weeks, let's jump in and really work on this for the next 26 to 52 weeks. If at the end of the four-week test drive, you don't believe it's the best virtual training, the best training concepts uh, program you've ever seen, then you get two more choices. One, cancel. We part ways as friends. We can see each other around the industry at industry events. Be friends, shake hands. Or if you really don't think it's any good, then I'll refund you, we'll cancel it and we'll refund you the four investments that you made on that test drive. So truly no risk, Tim. Awesome. Well, thank you so much um, for being on. It's the Plumbing and HVAC Hustle Podcast. And uh, Joe Cursera was trying to rename me yesterday. <laughs> what did Joe uh, want to call it? I think they, I, I don't remember. I. I said it should be like, maybe it's all about relationships. Well, I got a so question for you. Comment was, a new title. I got a question below. for yeah. you. Can, yeah. I, can we do one yeah. more thing yeah. then? If that was the case, yeah. what should we do? Yeah. What should we name this podcast? If, <laughs> if there's already a, a hustle and an HVAC in a podcast name out there, I won't name names. <clears throat> By the way, that is the Joe Crisara line. So yeah. I'm not stealing it. I'm just saying if Joe wanted it, no. now we're going to put that back in your Pop court. Pop it what in the do? comments. What should the title be of this podcast? <laughs> Joe's amazing. And I really appreciate y'all uh, for watching, listening. Please comment, like, subscribe, etc. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Check them out. Bye. Thank you for having me on, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you.